da 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 I have to say, uh, I really enjoy these half-hearted renditions of the theme songs. <laughs> we have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. And I'm the knight. I mean, Grayson. <laughs> and... If you are listening to this right now, uh, nope, already off to a <laughs> dumb start. Um, and this is the beginning of f- sequelary. Um, or Febtuary. <laughs> you did it! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, so uh, we decided for the month of February uh, that we are going to review all movie sequels, more specifically, the second movie and movie franchises. And we are kicking uh, February (laughs) off with Batman Returns. I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, Hill House Dude on Instagram uh, for suggesting the name. Uh, to Feb to Ruary, uh, as another name to name our sequel month. Thank you so much. So much joy was brought by your suggestion. If you guys are listening uh, during the month of February, give us other uh, play on words that we can do to call this month. I want to see how many we can come up with. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, but this is a sequel to the other movie that we reviewed on the podcast the 1989 batman directed by tim burton and starring michael keaton as the knight and in case you need some refreshing uh here's a synopsis of batman returns when a corrupt businessman and the grotesque penguin plot to take over gotham city i don't know why i said it like that uh only batman can stop the gotham Only Batman can stop them while Catwoman has her own agenda. AKA B story. Yeah. Uh, So, man, this movie, I remember this movie being marketed a ton as a kid. Uh, I remember seeing those McDonald's uh, promos for those McDonald's commemorative glasses. Remember when McDonald's did commemorative glasses? Oh, yeah. I had a Flintstone set like that. I remember we had like a Disney World one, and it was the closest we got to Disney World for several years. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I remember they they were marketing this thing hardcore. Uh, but then, I mean, we'll get to more of that later. But McDonald's ended up uh, regretting their choice. Uh, but we'll we'll get into the response later. But let's get into some history right off the bat. So, uh, Tim Burton, this is the second Batman film and last Batman film that Tim Burton directed before it went on to Joel Schumacher. uh, Because the studios were like, yeah, Tim, this has been great. Like, literally, there's an interview (laughs) after after he developed. Uh, the second one, there's an interview where Tim Burton went in to the studios and he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about a third one. And they're like, don't you want to work on some smaller projects? And he's like, oh, you don't want me to cut. Okay, got it. Cool. <laughs> All right, Burton out. Yeah, that would be frustrating because I know there were a lot of uh, plans to like round it out with a third movie. But he did come back as uh, a producer for Batman Forever. Yeah, he just didn't direct it. Right. Uh, but going into this movie, uh, he had mixed emotions. Uh, quote, after the first film, he said, um, I will return if the sequel offers something new and exciting. Otherwise, it's a most dumbfounded idea. End quote. Hmm. Tim Burton, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, he kind of went out of his way to make it not a sequel. Um, like not including Vicky Vale in it other mm-hmm. than just in conversation and uh, an interesting twist we can talk about with casting. Um, we really don't have a segment for this, so you might as well talk about it now. The Billy D. Williams issue. Yeah. Yeah. So if you remember back to 
to Batman, the the first one, Billy D. Williams played Harvey Dent, and mm-hmm. he was uh, supposed to appear in this one, but they wanted to change it uh, so much that they turned uh, the Harvey Dent character into the Christopher Walken, Max Shrek character. Uh, so it would have been interesting. And that explosion at the end was supposed to be the explosion that turns Harvey Dent into Two-Face. Yeah. Totally different movie. Yeah, completely different movie. Because they basically, I mean, if you look at it, it kind of follows like you know Harvey Dent's whole political career. And so mm-hmm. like it would make sense to have Harvey Dent. Uh, instead, they have probably the youngest I've ever seen Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I I was shocked. Like I saw him, I was like, wow, that guy looks like Christopher Christopher Walken. It's you. actually uh he was born a week before they started shooting. <laughs> makes yeah. sense. It makes sense. Had to learn his lines really fast. Um but it's kind um, of a raw deal for Billy D. Williams because he took the Harvey Dent role in the first one that was so understated with the understanding that he would become two face eventually. And then yeah. it, it kind of got rug pulled, but uh, uh, life uh, uh, finds a way because <laughs> he will be playing Two-Face in the upcoming Lego Batman movie or Batman Lego movie, depending on where you grow <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, yeah. This movie was going to be all kinds of different. I kept on wanting to call him Max Jets. <laughs> There's a... <laughs> I'm Max Jets, <laughs> which I will. Uh, so Christopher Walken's character, Max Jets, um, <laughs> <laughs> in the original script, he was supposed to be uh, Penguin's older brother. Um, he was supposed to be his long lost older brother, and that was going to give his character a closer motivation to like why he was going to support him um, in his platform. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the movie was supposed to be way darker than it was um and a a lot of people had a problem with how dark it was because like oh yeah batman the kids show movie i mean the movie got a pg-13 rating which by 1992 uh, standards it could have very well been a rated r movie um but it was uh a lot of parents were upset about how violent it was so much so that McDonald's uh, canceled their Happy Meal tie-in uh, for the movie that had uh, movie versions of Batman, Catwoman, and Penguin. Uh, not only that, but like toy makers refused to sell Penguin action figures in the likeness of Dan DeVito. And so what they did is they repainted old Penguin action figures from the 80s <laughs> and sold those instead. <laughs> wow. Uh yeah, so the movie got a lot of backlash for its violence, but it also did like really well. Um, it was released uh, June nineteenth, nineteen ninety two. So we have a Christmas in June situation. Yeah, uh, it had a budget of eighty million dollars, and it grossed over two hundred million dollars worldwide. Um, and overall, an eighty on Rotten Tomatoes. So it hmm. got. A B for Batman. <laughs> yeah, it got $47 million in the first three days, which was a, a record at the time. It's yeah. a lot of money. It's a lot of yeah, money very and, quickly. Yeah, and this movie, fun fact, is the first movie to be presented using Dolby Digital Technology. Whoa. Yeah. Um, another interesting fact, uh, Robin was almost in this movie. Man. Yeah. So let me, I'm about to wrinkle your brain because I never knew this. So in one of the original scripts, Robin um, was going to be very much like they did in uh, the the Dark Knight Rises. He was going to be like a subtle character. Uh, he was going to be like a, a young mechanic named The Kid who was enlisted to remove the remote control device that the Penguin had installed in the Batmobile. And but before Batman's like, you've got gusto, kid. Be Robin. Um, and Grayson, in 1992, who would you cast as Robin? 92? Mm, probably Kirk Cameron. Oh, that would be a good choice. Well, they didn't get him. They went with Marlon Wayans. 
Marlon Wayans of the Wayans brothers was going to be Robin. And you you might think, oh, well, they just like thought about it. No, they got so far along that Marlon Wayans uh, went in for a costume fitting. They even mm. produced a tie in action figure uh, just Whoa. to get ahead of the game. Uh, and uh, apparently Marlon Wayans still gets residual checks for the movie from this <laughs> like to this day. Like that's, that's how far along they <laughs> got along in the process. Which yeah, but, I never knew that. Yeah. Well, it comes full circle because um, Marlon Wayans will be playing Robin in uh, the Lego Batman movie. Um, oh, Batman so, movie Lego. Yeah, Batman movie Lego. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. That's that's a lie. Um, oh, that that'll be Michael Sarah. Uh, it's an Arrested Development reunion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Those are some. Oh, another interesting thing. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, goodness, such a great Catwoman. Uh, watching oh, this yeah. movie, I'm realizing I'm like, oh, that's kind of what Halle Berry was going for in Catwoman. Like, I, I see what you were wanting to do, but we'll get more of that later. Uh, but interesting thing, uh, the cat suit. It it's a very iconic version of uh the Catwoman suit. Um, mm-hmm. It was also incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, she was basically, <laughs> and, and I'm using a phrase that they use <laughs> in my review, vacuum sealed into that suit. For freshness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was very hot. It was difficult to breathe and hear because uh, it's covering up her ears and she was apparently oh. like yelling her lines <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Michelle, uh, Michelle. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, but each suit cost $1,000. And she went through like 60 of them, right? 60 different 60 versions of that suit. Suits. I wonder how many bat suits they went through, especially when he ripped the head off that <laughs> one he was wearing. It's like, well, can't use that again. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I have... I have some things to say about the bat suit. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into our reactions. Uh, so, firstly, when was the last time you saw this movie, Grayson? Uh, it, I probably saw it like seven years ago. Oh, wow. Like, not, not too far in the past, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I only remember seeing clips of this movie on TV. Because, like, the whole... I remember seeing Penguin biting uh, that dude's nose... And yeah. I also remember the the penguin burial scene, which was super sad. Mm. Um, but I, I just remember the, these pockets of the movie and then the commercial breaks selling the com- commemorative uh, McDonald's glasses. So they just where would they put the brakes? So like they slide penguins body into the <laughs> water. It's like, are you paying too much for car insurance? Oh, I guess so. What's insurance? Uh, but yeah, they. I, I just remember seeing the TV version of this movie. Uh, but this is the, probably the first time I've seen the full movie. And it was nothing like what I was expecting. Hmm. Like, it was super dark. Like, you, you don't... For the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie, you would have thought that you walked into the wrong theater. Because <laughs> it opens... In. Like, there's no dialogue for, like, the first 10 minutes of the movie. All you see yeah. is a very disturbing, um, like, childhood, and these parents throw this baby over this river in some Tim Burton-esque version retelling of Moses, and he just goes down the river, and he, he gets picked up by these penguins, and then cuts to 33 years later. I'm like, what am I watching? and i was just so confused and then batman shows up like way way later i'm just it was it was way way dark yeah it does feel like it exists in the same gotham as the first movie though totally appreciated yeah yeah i mean they did a good job world building and giving uh these villains a very strong and compelling background uh it's in I would say that this movie does multiple villains, right? It didn't feel convoluted. Um, yeah. Like some animal-based superheroes. 
I'm looking at you, Animorphs. <laughs> Too many animal villains. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I was I was really surprised by like how dark it was, but then also how funny it was. Like there were several times I was laughing and I was not expecting to. I was surprised at all the innuendos. I did not remember those. Uh, I don't and think even I... seeing it just seven years ago. I was blind to it. Yeah, like I, I had no idea the penguin was such a perv face. Oh my word! From my understanding, the penguin—it was one of those things. It, he got that nickname, from my understanding, because most of my knowledge comes from the cartoon and movie adaptations. Um, it wasn't like a literal um, any like he's like oh well he's a penguin because he was raised by penguins or he looks like a penguin. It was just like a oh like a waddling thing. Just like he was just short and stout. Like that was it. They were like ah oh, penguin, and then he just embraced it and started becoming this like crime boss. Yeah, in this he was more defo- deformed, uh, like with the hands. Um, I do know. Maybe this is going a little too deep on it. I do know that. Um, in the was it I want to say seventies, mm-hmm. there uh, there was a birth control medicine that uh, was causing birth defects, where the children would basically not have like full grown arms, and there was a famous one uh, named Dicky the Penguin Boy was like the name they gave him. It was like really bad business that was happening. It was it was really a sad thing, but that was like a word that was associated with some of these like childhood defects. Um, so I don't know if that had to play into it, but mm. the, the way his hands were shaped were very similar to some of the um, birth problems that they saw in the seventies, but also he waddles like a penguin. Oh so my, I mean the costume, that's probably it. Oh yeah. I mean the costuming was fantastic. Like the way they did his makeup was just phenomenal. And he, I think that they, I mean, they went for it with his origin story and just like why he would be doing all those uh, things that he would be doing. Um, Mm -hmm. Even, well, him running for mayor actually comes straight from one of the episodes of the original Batman uh, 1966 television series. Oh, you could tell they really respected that series too. Cause like Mm -hmm. Burgess Meredith who played Penguin was supposed to play his father but got sick, and so that's when Paul Rubens stepped in. Yeah, uh, which would have been really cool to see that. And then Paul Rubens recently—I don't know actually how recent—but got to reprise the role of Penguin's father on the show Gotham. Nice. Spoiler alert! Sorry. Ah. What have you done? Uh, <laughs> and uh, and I would say that like this movie, it it it's interesting to watch now because there's so many things that are, were happening to Batman that felt weird to me because I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel like this is like Batman shouldn't be getting tricked by Cobblepot in this way. Like there were things that in my brain I was just saying, Oh, well that's not possible. Batman would have some kind of safety measure because like he Batman today is so he thinks so far ahead and he's so far advanced uh, mm. that he can't like it would take someone else even smarter than him to do something like that and so like when his car got hacked i'm just like well that how did you get batman's blueprints like how (laughs) the batmobile where where was that just lying around it's like he just like go to city hall hey can i get the batmobile blueprint oh right here here you go it's all in the public record uh welcome to gotham like um but that happened i was like oh that's weird and then when he was getting beat up i'm like that's also weird and so i i just i was just aware of just how um batman has evolved um in the public consciousness and what he is and isn't able to do um Mm because i was shocked at like how few gadgets he actually used throughout this movie i'm just thinking oh no but like i in my brain batman is like 60% 60% gadgets and 40% fists. Yeah, he, uh, I think the Bruce Wayne element is also pretty different mm-hmm. because we talked about this when we, we did the first Batman film, but uh, he's a little forgetful a lot of times. That's why he needs Alfred 
um, and there's some humor in that. But then you get like Christian Bale, who's very serious, and you're like, just get out of his way and don't move the lights while he's doing a scene. <laughs> and then you have uh, you have Ben Affleck, who is kind of a, like a middle ground there. And I think that's why that works a lot of the times because he's able to play with like Barry and he's able to like have very natural conversations with Wonder Woman and, and things like that. And so I think we're seeing that not just an evolution, but a hybrid of pre- previous Batmans where a lot of it is rooted in these early performances. Oh yeah. Because Michael Keaton as Batman, I really felt for the Bruce Wayne side of the Batman, you know, it's similar to what you see Christian Bale kind of do in the dark Knight. Um, I guess like I'm um, noticing parallels, um, but you see like in the Dark Knight, Christian Bale's uh, Bruce Wayne is like, listen, like I don't want to be Batman all the time. Like mm-hmm. I want to have a life uh, outside of this. And then you know he falls in love with Rachel 2.0. Um, <laughs> you know he's like, well, this could be my life. And similarly here in Batman Returns, Batman meets uh, Selena Kyle. And she is just like, oh, wow, like, not only is she someone who I'm attracted to, but she also has this dual identity like me. I'm like, finally, we're in the costume club. Our tailors should like we should be like I also did you know this was a masquerade party because I didn't. We apparently both of us didn't. Is this symbolism? Probably. (laughs) Oh man, but yeah, I, uh, I I just thought that that was a really cool choice that they did, um, and again, like man, Catwoman. All right, now I'm gonna go on my Catwoman uh, appreciation rant. Michelle Pfeiffer did such a good job, and because this was a a dark take on Catwoman, um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, because you know you we have. Um, from my understanding, from my knowledge of Catwoman, which is largely based off of animated uh, series and movies and uh, certain comic book storylines and the uh, Arkham video games, uh, this version of Catwoman was integrated a lot more um, in later renditions of Catwoman. But like the thing that I thought was so interesting as a choice was like this psychotic break that Selena Kyle had mm-hmm. like she gets murderified. Um, yep. and then these cats, it's not even explicitly said, but these cats like somehow bring her back to life and she now has nine lives. Yeah. The actual nine, li- that's something I didn't pick up on before that. She is actually a superhuman when she comes back mm-hmm. and has like nine chances to live. Right. Yeah. Which is, touching because she then uses up eight of them and then at the end you get this feeling of all right now she's gonna live like she has one life left and um yeah never picked up on any of that before yeah right i i was just trying to pick up one of the nine commemorative mcdonald's cups (laughs) that were available in 1992 and probably on ebay uh (laughs) yeah and that final fight when that final fight scene when she like establishes that oh I got nine lives and then you just like keep shooting and she's counting down like oh we're wrapping this thing up aren't we <laughs> six seven eight oh all right well okay that's the one <laughs> um but I just I just I really thought that that character choice was so good because you you kind of see this this thing that they that you see played out differently in different Batman movies. Like the Joker talks about this a lot. He's like, listen, you and me, we're just the same. I just had a different kind of bad day than you. Um, and then you see this also version of, uh, Catwoman who's a lot of the same, but she's more fractured in like her identity. She's just like, I don't know who I am anymore. Um, and I think that's a piece that was kind of missing from the Halle Berry Catwoman movie is because mm-hmm. the switch like first off they they wanted to explain the midichlorians on like why there was a Catwoman. It's just like oh you see there have been many Catwoman throughout history and the midichlorians are in your blood <laughs> like no we don't need that <laughs> feline DNA 
exactly. Uh, and but I get. I get more of what they were trying to do with that because uh, what Selena Kyle as a character um, kind of has been developed into is that she was a lot like the character or the version of her that we saw in the uh, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, she mm-hmm. was she was more of like a an orphan child who uh, kind of had to like become like a she was more of an anti-hero uh more than a villain and she kind of like developed a lot of her reflexes and all of her um skills from you know being like a pitpocketer and just like trying to survive in the streets kind of thing and right. the cat woman thing was just like well she's a cat burglar cat woman puns um and so <laughs> that's why she that's how she got that and i and this was an interesting version that i that i think took the creative liberty of just like hey what if like we're living in a world where if batman can't exist and all these other characters exist is it kind of like a mystic type thing that is prevalent in this world and i i just thought it was an interesting choice and i i just loved it it was entertaining like i laughed so hard when she just does cartwheels down the street, stops in front of Batman and Penguin, and just says "meow, kaboom," <laughs> and the and the and the store just blows up. I laughed hysterically. Uh, it was maybe my favorite moment. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that's done right with the characterization of Catwoman here, and uh, I really appreciate Michelle Pfeiffer's portrayal mm. of her. Yeah, it was perfect you're the best around nothing in the world can keep you gonna go to get you down. it's really good uh well did you have any uh favorite moments or things that you uh didn't pick up seven years ago besides the innuendos um there was one thing but i'll save it for headcanon Ooh, sounds good mm-hmm. um i would say like my last kind of reaction to the movie was um let me talk about the bat suit you guys so <laughs> um correct me if i'm wrong but like the first batman movie he's like we, they see we see him get shot at and he's just like ah oh, that's nothing cuz this is definitely armor right yep okay so what the what happened to the bat suit 2.0 because <laughs> if it's bulletproof but not um thimble with pin proof then what are you even doing batman like oh no they they touch on that though they do because when when she's being all flirtatiousy to him she she feels the armor and says like that's not you that's not you and then feels over to his side oh, okay and she goes there you are and then she like thimbles him ah uh she claws at him yeah no because i was thinking the same thing i was like this is he's wearing pajamas if <laughs> she can just like rip through them like that okay thank you for that that makes more sense yeah. uh second thing so the 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 cow can just be ripped off just <laughs> like no so it's yeah. me <laughs> and even before that uh no thank you continuity so he just has the bat makeup on like, he has the back the bat eyeshadow on and one shot cuts away, <laughs> and then no bat eyeshadow. They could have just covered it up, and then even make the jump that once he his eye his arm is covering his eye, so you don't see the makeup, and he pulls it off, and yeah. he has normal face. No, Batman puts on eyeshadow, <laughs> and <laughs> and you need. I just I couldn't. I'm just like no, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. But anyway, yeah. you just rip it off. But can you imagine how silly it would have looked if he kept it on? He just rips it off. He's like, I'm Raccoon Man. <laughs> like, it would have looked ridiculous. Yes. Yes, he would have. And I would have been. <laughs> just keep it on. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I just. that. But the fact that it just ripped off with such ease. I'm like. Oh, so <laughs> literally anyone can just unmask Batman at any point in time. You could have done it. Apparently, it's very easy. <laughs> I just thought that was really, really funny. Uh, side note, I uh, want to uh, give a shout out. We're going to put this in the show notes. Uh, but 
uh, NerdSync uh, made a video over on Mr. Sunday's channel about a headcanon theory hmm. about why Batman would wear a mask where he can't turn his head. Because um, Christian Bale talks about it in the uh, Dark Knight movie, how he's like, oh, yeah, well, with the cowl, I can't turn my head. Um, and so, but Michael Keaton's Batman can't turn his head either. And there's like a really fun and interesting uh, theory as to why that would be an actual intentional choice. Uh, does he also have a theory as to why the subsequent films in the Batman legacy needed nipples? He does not. Oh, okay. I've always wondered what function those serve. Intimidation, I think. I think it's like a distraction. <laughs> you know, you see that in nature all the time. It's like, oh, those bat punch in the face. I can't, I can't fight anybody if I'm aware of, like, the dude nipples. <laughs> Could you put those away? <sighs> Holy bat nips, Batman. <laughs> Oh, I, it blows my mind still that Batman and Beetlejuice are both Michael Keaton. Can I just say that? Oh, um, also, good. This th that makes this our third Michael Keaton film to watch, and our third Danny DeVito film. Oh yeah! For those of you playing the Michael Keaton Danny DeVito bingo, you just won big. <laughs> Got Matilda, yep. Man on the mm -hmm. Moon, and now Batman Returns. You've almost collected the ball. It, it's a Danny the Three Tone. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I should have quit at February. <laughs> Holy head cannon, Batman! That can only mean one. What is it, Robin? <laughs> like only I'm busy. <laughs> Don't walk up behind me like that when I'm at my desk. It's time for Headcanon, Batman, the part of the show where we talk about unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. To the Headcanon Mobile. Headcanon. Headcanon. So, Headcanon is exactly what we just said it was. Grayson, you said you had some Headcanon. I do. I got some Headcanon that I've been trying to wrap my own head around. So... We have seen in many Batman films, not just in the four Batman legacy films, but also in the Dark Knight trilogy, a history of including villains that you did not realize they were the villain they were actually playing. Hmm. Um, spoiler alert for Dark Knight Rises, but uh, Talia Agul is the perfect example of that. Um that you think she's one person, but then ends up they reveal that she's been this person the whole time. Or including villains that never really reach their potential, as we mentioned with Billy D. Williams playing Harvey Dent. Um, that version of Harvey Dent never really made it all the way through um, due to the recasting of Tommy Lee Jones and all that. For one reason or another, incognito villains have been a, a thing. And I hold the headcanon that Batman Returns has the most subtle villain uh, of all. Mm. So we um, we know that this that the Batman Legacy takes place. Batman Legacy, including Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin. We know that it, it's an alternate origin story because in the first one we saw that um, Batman's parents were killed by Joker instead of Joe mm -hmm. Chill. Um, which is the more popular opinion. Um, so we're dealing with kind of an altered state already. Um, so all that to say, Batman Returns, key villains, Catwoman, mm -hmm. the Penguin, and then Max Shrek, which I was very confused about Max Shrek, and I didn't know the history of him supposing to be Two-Face, um, like that that was supposed to be Billy D. Williams. I didn't know all that. So the headcanon that I developed was that Max Shrek is actually a very subtle interpretation of the Mad Hatter. Ooh. Here are my reasons. The very first time you see him, he's sitting with a group of his friends 
They're all sipping drinks out of like teacups. Some of them have coffee. It's it's that kind of feeling. It, it, he's in his like office there, but it, it has like a tea party feeling almost. He's also the one that puts on the big dance. So he invites them to a party, which is a very Mad Hatter thing. Um, he also has the biggest hat at that party. It's not the <laughs> Mad Hatter hat, but I think, I think that was because with the costume design, uh, Penguin and Mad Hatter would have been wearing the same hat if they had been doing it. And it, it just it would have been weird. Um, now, I know that the, the Mad Hatter's actual name is Dr. Jervis Tech, but I think it makes sense then why like a bunch of like carnival folk that work for minimum wage suddenly are tech geniuses <laughs> if they had some like under under the table uh, technical support from the Mad Hatter who has a history of using like mind control similar to the mind control that's used on the actual penguins. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I also think that the, the bow tie and the coat that he wears is very reminiscent of the Mad Hatter as well as his very shocking hairstyle mm-hmm. um, of like the, the very uh, big, bold white hair that Christopher Walken sports. So yeah, different names. I get all that, but in this interpretation, it's the kind of thing where he, if he had continued on, he would have stepped into that role as the Mad Hatter. Um, but instead, his origin story is cut mm-hmm. short. So that that is my Mad Hatter headcanon for Batman Returns. It's really solid. I like it. Uh, I have Thanks. similar uh, Max Jets uh, headcanon. And uh, there's a scene, I want to say, the... the the scene where he is meeting with Bruce Wayne. Um, and I, I was like, mm-hmm. wow, his hair is like very like wild and wily. And he's wearing this suit. It's like a pinstripe white and black suit. I'm just like, wow, that's a very loud like suit to wear. And, um, and you notice that Max Jets is like uh, a con artist. Like he's trying to, Hey, I want to build this uh, power plant. That's actually going to take power from the city and like hoard it. And then I'm going to be rich. It's like a get rich. Oh, my goodness, Ricky. Uh, I see where you're going and it's brilliant. And so after he dies, he's he gets gets kissed by Selena Kyle and he gets burned to death. And then he has this like very eye popping expression on his face. My (laughs) headcanon is that Max Jets is Beetlejuice. Wow. And part of his curse is that he must wear the face of the man who killed him. Oh, that's even better. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Because like, like they were saying, um, oh no, I'm, I'm crossing, um, movie logic, but like with Casper, you know, dead people don't remember a lot about their earthly life, but he was still Mm. like mostly himself. So Beetlejuice is a con artist, and uh, maybe that's even, like, his name. Like, that couldn't have been his name on Earth kind of thing, Um, unless it is. Maybe Shrek's is, like, oh, there it is. His real name is, his original last name was Beetlejuice, but he named himself after his favorite fairy tale character, Shrek. (laughs) Somebody once told me. <laughs> the years start coming and they don't start coming. Ah, ironclad uh, headcanon. No, I like that. I mean, you know that he likes scale models. <laughs> he had the one with the little, uh, the nuclear waste and then the, the neighborhood. Oh, that's that's really good. And he was very uh, cavalier about killing people. So maybe mm-hmm. he's just really good at what he does. And he's a businessman. And he doesn't. He is. He's just trying to make a buck. <laughs> he uh, doesn't like Alec Baldwin because he sounds like he should be Batman. I don't know why, but but I don't like you. <laughs> it's not your face. It's more your voice. <laughs> Tough break. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I'm pretty proud of that. That's really strong. Thank you. Uh, I have one more uh, headcanon, and it's it's a very loose headcanon. <laughs> Um, but here's here's the thing that I noticed about Gotham. Their security is terrible. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I might have mentioned this last time, 
but I think that it's intentionally bad in Gotham. Like, I, I really think that Gotham security um, and all the crime that happens in Gotham is intentional. Um, because after, like, it's just, this is the thing that just didn't make sense to me. So there is, like, basically this terrorist attack during the Christmas lighting. And a person cartwheels up to the mayor, grabs the child, and then takes him in the sewers. And that didn't make a lick of sense to me. I'm just like, how? <laughs> how could this happen? Where is the security? And um, and then you know, <laughs> that mo that uh, scene with uh, Selena Kyle is like, oh, don't shoot, don't don't hurt us, lady. We're paid three hundred, or we make less than three hundred. She's like, you're overpaid. Um, I I really think that like the 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 crime in Gotham is either intentional uh and just like the police force just isn't good because like either it is just a training ground for people like or it's the place where like Gotham is literally just like a forgotten city where like mm -hmm. no one even tries to do anything <laughs> It's the kind of police force where they'd all run into a tunnel at the same time. <laughs> all right, everyone. This is everyone, right? We don't want anyone behind for backup. Everyone here at the same time. Let's go into the tunnel. Hey, where's John? I'll leave him behind. <laughs> Just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Now all of us are here. Bunch of dummies. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think uh, this isn't headcanon, more an observation, but it it's so true that a Batman film is only as good as its villains. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I love the characterization in this film. And in a lot of ways, for a long time, this was like one of my favorite Batman films, um, even more than uh, the first Batman that we watched. Uh, never really connected with Mr. Freeze and Poison <laughs> Ivy and that version of Bane. Um, and I just bought a ton of Batman Forever action figures because, you know, they were right next to the Star Wars Episode One action figures, and that's the age I was. So, <laughs> I, but Batman Returns, I mean, the story uh, is what stuck out to me, and it was one of those times where I was like, wow, you can actually have, like, a scary superhero film. I also think that this was before... Easter eggs in superhero films were so prevalent. Like they still had them for sure. Right. Like uh, mentioning Harvey Dent in the first one was a great little Easter egg in there. But I feel like if this was made today in that scene, you were just talking about, about like yoink took the baby in the sewer. We definitely would have seen some killer croc. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like just like a, a writing on the wall or have him peek up, whatever it is. I'm just like, you guys, you didn't know. You just didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there, there's set, it's such a vast, interesting world, um, which is why they just keep making them. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I really like just how well they built that world because it, it really does feel like a world unto itself. And I had to give it to Tim Burton because, like, I, I feel like today – there is a thing that you start to come to expect from Tim Burton, like a certain style, like any new Disney movie that he's at the helm of. I know I'm going to get, um, but I got, I really had to give it up to him for him pushing this kind of dark version of Batman. Um, because uh, I felt like he was able to do this thing. I mean, this also isn't headcanon at all, but I do like how he was able to kind of push the drama of Batman um, and show yeah. uh, the drama and almost the opera-esque story of these people who have lost their way due to some kind of tragedy and have um, sought their own sense of justice through it um through that like the penguin he's trying to get his birthright catwoman she's kind of kind of trying to get her revenge but also she doesn't feel 
Ooh, interesting. I didn't realize this until I said it um, now. Uh, but she, instead of like living this very downsized one life, now that she has these nine lives, she's kind of living each one out to the fullest um, with like no regard to uh, consequences kind of thing. And um, mm-hmm. and then she's trying to like get back at Max Jets. I thought that was interesting. But uh, yeah, um, last yeah. little bit of headcanon. I felt, well, it, it kind of started from a mistake that I was making. Um, so I looked it up and it turns out that those, the circus people were from that uh, carnival that Batman was looking up online um, or through the newspaper clippings in the old-timey library and i say old-timey i mean 1992 uh newspaper scans um but i my headcanon is what i thought it was and i thought that those were leftover joker gang members i thought that as well yeah well it turns out because they they well they referred to them as like the red triangle gang Well, the red triangle gang is that circus that it was the name of the that circus it's like oh yeah the red triangle circus um, um i was like oh so those are because I thought that those were people. I thought that those were like because the Joker's now gone, that they don't have a leader, so they just kind of joined the next eccentric uh, villain near them, and uh, <laughs> that just moved from person to yeah. person. So that's that's that little bit of headcanon. And now uh, we're gonna go into the part of the show where we talk about recasts and remakes. Typically, we would talk about uh, if this movie were to be remade today, uh, who would we cast and uh, what would the storyline be? Uh, it was going to be different because uh, this movie has been remade several times. Uh, but so but I'm just going to I'm going to start it out by being innovative. And Christian Bale, that guy, he's got <laughs> the Batman look. And something tells me he's going to make a very great choice with the Batman voice. The guy from Newsies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be so great. It's like looking back and it's just like, hey, so hear me out. Hear me out. You know that guy from Newsies? Christian Bale? Who else? Let's make him Batman. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to recast Batman just because I'm, I, I'm on board with the... Um, uh, the Ben Affleck Batman, like I'm, I'm bought into mm-hmm. it. I want to see where it goes, and so, um, like I don't even have anyone else in mind really for it. For me, it comes down to casting new villains in in a way that we haven't seen before, because mm-hmm. um, there are so many Batman villains. If you play any of the Arkham games, you realize like, oh, I don't know as much about Batman villains as I thought <laughs> I did. Yeah, he has a massive uh, um, rogue so, gallery. Yeah, he's got like Calendar Man. What was the last time you saw <laughs> Batman go toe to toe with Calendar Man? Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, one I'd really like to see is uh, Ventriloquist. Mm. Um, particularly played by Paul Giamatti. Oh, that would be amazing. It's like, get him out of the rhino suit. Come on over to DC. Here's a puppet. <laughs> Oh, that's really good. No, he would be great. Which means, well, well, that that would then you'd have to cast the role of Scarface, his puppet, and that would have to be season one <laughs> for Modern Family. You beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. I was going to uh, recast Penguin as season one Luke from Modern Family. Uh, really just have him <laughs> just... I mean, first of all, I think it would be interesting to have the Penguin be played by a child. Um, because he mm. he is oh, just like yeah. a misguided child. Because um, even in Gotham, he's a young adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be um, interesting. Um, but for humor purposes, uh, I'm not going to steal jokes. So... Well done, sir. Uh, yeah, as far as like this specific version being remade, if they were just to do like, hey, we're going to do a reboot mm-hmm. of Tim Burton's Batman, I think it would be really interesting to see uh, this same storyline, but like 
and I'm just I'm, hear me out for Catwoman, Kristen Wiig. I would love to just go dark with it. Yeah, it would still be dark, um, but I think Kristen Wiig could do a really cool story, just like by portraying um, a similar version of Catwoman. And I think if she were to do that, um, it would be really cool to see her just like, I don't know, because like I, I just love Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, performance, and I think I would love Kristen wig in that in a similar performance um and then for penguin i'm trying to think of like what direction because i think i would potentially shift like his involvement because i don't think that i i feel like i would go more the arkham game route where he's more of a well put together like he's basically max jets um Mm -hmm. so I, i i would kind of like have cobblepot be more or less the same and instead of the penguin be like the penguin storyline, I would have that be Killer Croc storyline. Oh yeah, living in the sewers. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good call. Because here's my big question: uh, What are penguins doing in the sewers? Sewers <laughs> are not cold; they are damp and gross, and have turtles in them, and turtles don't do well in cold because they're cold-blooded uh talk come at me uh 1992 i would love to see tim burton do another batman film well i mean if it were to be made today let's be honest we have helena bottom carter as uh, catwoman uh johnny depp as max jets um he would just bring his mad hatter <laughs> costume um, he's like, oh, welcome to, uh, <laughs> oh, I see how I came in costume. Costume. Oh, wardrobe's over here. Okay, got it. Kira Knightley would be a really great Catwoman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely see that. The, um, I'm trying to think of who would be Batman, though. That's the thing. Okay, so, oh, ooh, Orlando Bloom, Men Onion. Himself, Orlando Bloom. So we just got together all of Johnny Depp's best yep. friends. We're just recasting Pirates of the, the Caribbean, film. but with Batman. Batman of the Caribbean. Get on board. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm trying to think who else. Who else would be a good Batman? Uh, I would probably say, I honestly think that, um, l- let me look up his name, but the the guy who plays Daredevil would make a good Batman. Oh. Um, and the mm-hmm. uh, his name is, without looking it up online, of course, uh, Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. Yeah, I think he would make a really good Batman. But yeah, I, I agree. The other thing I would love to see in a modern Batman movie is just new villains, just villains that we haven't seen. Because with the exception of the 1966 um, Batman movie, or movie based off of the 1966 Batman, uh, this is the second appearance that Penguin makes. And as far as like the 21st century, he hasn't made an appearance at all in any hmm. of the Batman movies. Uh, so I I think that Penguin is a an interesting character that I think could be done well, but it's one of those things where like, I think that uh, Danny DeVito's portrayal of the Penguin is so strong that they would have to kind of do similar to what they did with the new, new Batman and ground it in a world where these characters make sense by the rules of that world. See, that's why I think I think characters like Victor Zaz would be oh, Zaz yeah. would be a really great uh, addition played by John Malkovich. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's, I mean, it could be realistic, like counting up the number of kills on your body and just this really dark, twisted underbelly of Gotham. Where it's like, you don't need a theme. You just got to kill people. Yeah. Like, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, totally. I Yeah. And just like, I mean, kind of go into like the Arkham games and just, man, pick your choice. Like, there's so like you yeah. have Hugo Strange. Solomon Grundy. Yeah. You just, I mean, you have just so many characters that you can go with. 
and I in uh, another side thing uh, that I thought was really interesting uh, in this version of Batman again not part of the segment just an observation uh, Batman killed a, tons of people uh, he stuck a stick of dynamite he just has a ticking bomb which I my head cannon is that was definitely a nod to the 1966 Batman where he's running around with a bomb. He's like, you just can't get rid of a bomb, a good bomb today or something ridiculous like that. He's just running along, <laughs> around with a giant cartoon bomb. Um, and he's like trying to get rid of it and he tries to throw it in the water, but there are like this family of ducks swimming by. <laughs> Uh, so you have this version of Batman just like strutting down the street. This guy's like, go ahead, hit me. He hits him and then puts dynamite in his pants and then kicks him into a sewer and it blows up. I'm like, well, that human's dead. Batman, your no killing rule, I guess, doesn't apply in this universe because in the first movie, you're like, oh, Joker, you killed my parents? Yeah, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to end your life. By my hands, yeah. you will die. <laughs> Uh, but that bomb guy done died. Oh, absolutely. Bomb in the stomach. Yeah. That'll do it. That will do it. Yep. Um, but last um, little casting suggestion. Um, if they, I would say another um, role. Um, let me see. What is her name? Because I'm blanking on her name. Um, Tracy Ellis Ross for um, Catwoman. I most famously... Um, in Girlfriends, the, the TV series, um, and then she's also on Blackish. Uh, she is also mm-hmm. known as Diana Ross's daughter. Oh. But um, just because uh, I know uh, another famous portrayal of Catwoman is Eartha Kitt, um, and yeah. I would love to. And that was also another inspiration um, into a lot of the movement of this Catwoman. Um, and a lot of the whole femme fatale-ness of Catwoman um, comes from her portrayal. And um, and I think that she would do a really good job at that. Uh, I'd just love to see that. And uh, there you go. All right. And now it is time to go into our final segment of the show where we give you our reasons to recommend. Grayson, would you like to do the honors of giving us your reasons to recommend Batman Returns. Yeah, it's an interesting piece because it really does connect the first installment of the Batman legacy to a new face on Batman with Batman Forever. Uh, And it's this interesting linchpin in between that um, is able to carry that story. Because the whole thing could have crumbled if this movie didn't do well. Um, And then who knows how that would have affected future Batman franchises. So... It's um, I think it's important in that sense. The performances, though, are they may feel over the top, but if you just view it for the world that they're building in this version of Batman, um, it's a nice blend between um, like the campiness of the the early early Batmans, and you start to see some of that really dark uh, theming that you get later in like Dark Knight, and then. Um, subsequent like the more recent reboots of Batman Um, so I'd say this one is very much in that middle ground um, which makes it very accessible uh, for someone who like even if you don't know a ton about Batman you've probably heard of Catwoman and the Penguin and it just has some of those classic villains in it um, which was really the strength of the Batman legacy films uh, in the first place um, that they went with the some of the more notable ones. So um, I, I'd say watch it for the villains, but that's what I say for every uh, Batman movie, <laughs> Ex- except for Suicide Squad, which I watched for the bat- Ben Affleck scenes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would say, man, cause I would say in a pre super saturated comic book uh, movie world, this movie really does stand out. Uh, it's, I mean, I saw an article during my research and it was titled, hear me out. Uh, Batman returns is a horror movie. I'm just like, no, yeah, I get it. (laughs) Uh, it's, it's dark, but I think that's an important thing, especially when it comes to comic book movies, because, uh, the public 
a perception of comic book characters is that oh that's just like kid stuff um and i think that this movie uh was very dark and dynamic in all the right ways um and it it really did show the potential and uh fracturedness of superheroes and villains it's just like oh i mean these are real stakes and these is these are really uh damaged characters and it's it's so fascinating to watch especially if uh, you saw it as a kid because you you definitely pick up on so much more uh, than what I think your tiny little kid brain would have been able to uh, mm-hmm. understand. And um, and yeah, the villains are just fantastic. Uh, one of the quotes actually um, from Mr. Waters, who wrote the first or who wrote the final version of the script. Um, he said that he came up with the social satire um, that had an evil mogul backing um, a bid for mayor's office by the penguin to show that the true villains of our world don't necessarily wear costumes. Um, and I think that that's a really uh, cool mm. and interesting um, choice to make with these comic book characters, especially with a man named the penguin. Like they said so many things in this movie are just like, getting the duck like things that would be like on paper absurd but like they uh burton does a really good job at world building and um and it's definitely a movie that shaped how we see certain uh heroes and villains in today so again like i probably say every week it's great to see uh movie history uh and in context to its time because yeah it's it's just it's great to watch uh and see what version of Batman was in 1992 that was more or less the definitive version of Batman. I I totally agree with that. And I think that the, um, like the chaos that these villains like create in Gotham in this movie, um, plays really well. Like the fact that you mentioned the, the funny scene where she runs out of the store and it blows up, uh, it's like, she wasn't even involved in their fight. Like that's this whole other crazy thing that's going on. And, uh, I, I think you don't really get that feeling again until probably Suicide Squad, mm. where like you really see why Batman has not been able to ever rest, even with the death of everyone important around him. Like he's uh, excluding Alfred, thankfully so far. Uh, like he's been able to uh, like maintain that balance, but you start to feel it slipping. And I think that's what I really like about this. Like he got very injured in this movie, um, and. Like it could have gone the other way, just like in Suicide Squad, you get the feeling that, like, yeah, they are killing a bunch of stuff, and it it could easily turn on him at any second. Um, it's a rough comparison to make between those two films, but I think I think that theme of like Batman is slipping and not always in control. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's not just fighting one villain at the time. It's not always going to be Batman versus the Joker. Right. Um, like he's got his hands full, and that's when you start to see the necessity of like Robin and Batgirl and relying on Alfred more. But it all starts in this film. Absolutely. And that is our review of the 1992 Batman Returns. Uh, let us know what you remember about Batman Returns on twitter and instagram in both social medias we are at flashback flicks uh let us know if you remember or actually still own one of those batman commemorative cups uh and let us know who's on it take a picture of it please send it to us actually i'd love to see any mcdonald's commemorative (laughs) cups especially if you have the mcdonald's unbreakable commemorative (laughs) cups where it just had Samuel L. Jackson's face on Wait, it. Wait, that's a real thing? No, but I wish it was. <laughs> if it just said Mr. underneath it. And like, oh, I get it. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, also, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. It helps people know that this is a podcast worth listening to, which is still uh, debatable. Um, <laughs> uh, but... Leave us uh, a rating, either a one of five uh, rings that should not have been. Uh, oh, maybe that's where he got it from. 
Oh, I'm getting the you got the blueprint from the battering. Never mind, it makes sense now. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Watch it again. Okay, so on a on a scale of one to sixty uh, Catwoman suits, uh, how do we do? Uh, what what did you think of this review? Was it like a Catwoman suit that was all ripped up? Or is it like the actual Catwoman suit and it took your breath away? Oh. Because it was tight. <laughs> the English language can be so confusing. Uh, fantastic. And next week we will be continuing um, February sequelary to February. <laughs> so uh, be sure to tune in right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until next time, remember to be kind and rewind. Retro 2V Podcast. All right. <laughs>